We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the show, IB Nation Sports Talk. It is, uh, <laughs> I mean, Tommy is Tommy is just coming in hot right away. Jesse Styers, Sean Styers, it's mailbag night. Tommy, blah blah blah, won't get read anyway. Blah blah blah. I mean, that's that's just that's just no attitude to have, Tommy. I'm looking back through where where was it? There was a he had something. He's uh, reserving his right to hold his like until the end of the show. So we've got something to show Tommy tonight, Jess. You got to got to uh, prove your like. I'm going to earn these likes tonight. What is it with you and that light, by the way? It's like you're always scrolling. I've never through. figured out which one makes this beautiful face look even more beautiful. You just leave it on the same one. You wouldn't have to adjust it all the time. Yeah, but like there's always the lights are always doing something different, you know? You are very festive there with your Christmas tree in the background. Thanks for bringing the Christmas spirit to the show. No problem. That's what Appreciate I'm here. that. <laughs> Father David says, his comments get read, Tommy. It's probably just you. I mean, you know. <laughs> the, the issue lies between the computer and the keyboard. <laughs> All right. Well, it is mailbag night, so get in your questions. We have plenty to uh, get us started here tonight, Salty's been busy throwing some questions in. I saw Coleman get a couple of Notre Dame men's basketball questions in. Brent is checking in right now from California. Hopefully it is warm out there where he is. It's It was actually sunny today, a little chilly this afternoon, but it, uh, it at least looked nice outside. But um, you want to start with some uh, you want to start with some questions here? Yeah, I, I see we have a backlog of Salty Virginia Peanuts uh, questions. And luckily, one of his questions is going to make it to Rapid Fire, the NBA in-season tournament. I appreciate the, the variety there, Mr. Yeah, Peanuts. For sure. He's got some good stuff in there. Well, let's just start with this one. Oh. What wide receiver position, depth chart position, and performance results do you see for the great one in both oh, the wow. Super Bowl? And the 2024 season. He is coming right out with the Jaden Greathouse questions right away. Um, I think he's 100% a starter. I don't know the situation between Colsey and Thomas, the, those guys being back. Um, I don't know if they're 100% healthy uh, either. But 
I would say that Great House should have a large role considering Tobias is gone, Rico is gone, um, Chris Tyree is gone. You know, he's going to get starter usage, I would imagine. And if I'm being honest, I think he's the guy that gives you the best explosive play rate possibility. You know what I mean? Like if, if, if there's a wide receiver out there on this roster right now that gives you the best chance at the big play, um, I would say that Great House would be – um, be the guy. And I, I would even say that I expect Jaden Greathouse to have the best performance of the wide receivers um, in the bowl game as well. I'm expecting big things from him as well. He kind of disappeared there for a while and I hope to see a reappearing, I mean, for a long stretch, really, I hope to see a reappearing act from him after, you know, as great as his career started and everything else. But I, I definitely, especially for what they have right now and who's been healthy and who hasn't, I expect a lot from him in the Sun Bowl I expect a lot from him next year as well. It's I'm going to be curious to see who they add, though. They, they've already added Chris Mitchell via the transfer portal, and I think we're expecting at least one more receiver, if not maybe even a couple more receivers to come via the portal. So it's going to be interesting to see what they end up with and obviously who the quarterback is as well because we don't have anything official yet, but we'll get to that in just a second because we did have some – some uh, some quarterback slash Riley Leonard questions popping in. So I expect I expect some some really good stuff from him in the Sun Bowl specifically because of what they had from him this year and because of who's healthy. You know, again, like in terms of he's been there most of the year. You know, he was hobbled a little bit with the hamstring, but he's been there most of the year and he's he's kind of the guy. Now, so I think he's going to uh, have a chance to really be the guy in the Sun Bowl. Personally, was thinking about that the other day. Okay, so let me see. We got a couple. Bryce, when is Riley going to commit? Anthony, <laughs> timeline for the Riley Leonard decision. Look, we don't know any more than anyone else right now. The visit began yesterday and it is concluding today he is still notre dame i believe is still considered the front runner for him but auburn is in the mix so when that happens i mean he is in the transfer portal it's not like it's not like with sam hartman last year where it kind of got put off and we didn't necessarily have a name that we were talking about at, at this point so i think that it it is likely to happen sooner than later that's probably the best i can do i can't give you a definite timeline though right now i think everyone's just excited and that's kind of part of it though as well like when you look at next year the fact that they are going out and they're getting some of these veteran receivers but also the fact you know like when we start to okay how does this how does Jaden greathouse project for next year well he got a lot of experience this year but if it's Riley Leonard, the offense is going to look a lot different next year, you know. So trying to trying to determine who's going to have what kind of success for next year is, I think, a little bit far away right now. But we know like Great House has great talent, and a lot of these other guys as well. Are you just excited? Are are you like anticipating Riley Leonard? Where are you on the Riley Leonard right now? I think Riley Leonard was a done deal ever since Notre Dame bent up his ankle 
after the Duke game. Uh, I, I think it was – no, I'm serious. I think it, I was – I can't make it nice, and it's like, yeah, oh, I, I transfer here next year. I know I can't – in all seriousness, I came to the realization that Notre Dame's transfer portal guys – I think this hit me when I was driving to work this morning. I don't know. It's been a long last couple of days. Um, but it hit me. These guys have known who they who they were going to target in the portal – for some time it's just when the season ended and names are officially in the portal then you can actually make it you know public knowledge but i think notre dame has known for a while now that riley leonard is their guy and they've been heavily recruiting riley leonard and i think it goes to what kind of offense jared parker ultimately wants to run i don't think sam hartman is the quarterback of jared parker's offense and i think riley leonard is more rpo more you know moving the pocket around etc and the mobility or lack thereof of sam hartman um doesn't go into jared parker's offense so i think once jared parker became uh offensive coordinator and the season started marcus freeman said who's your guy we'll start now um and i think it's been an ongoing recruiting process throughout the season but i'm excited i want to say if it, it i don't think um at this point there is no more excuses for Jared Parker. This type of offense needs to be his. And if you're going to get the quarterback that you want to run your offense, you better have success. Well, yeah, especially if you're going to train change the offense potentially this drastically. You've got to have success. It's it's on for everybody next year. That's Jared Parker and Marcus Freeman. So John wants to know when we can expect to hear officially which Notre Dame players are in and out of the bowl game. I'll tell you, John. I thought we would probably hear a lot more by now. It has been very quiet the last couple of days, and I thought we were going to hear something by now. It was curious that, you know, like people, there's been these rumblings about Sam Hartman and everything else, and sitting there calling the women's basketball game last night and look across the court, and it's like, oh, there's the bearded one, Sam Hartman sitting behind the the women's bench, and He's got Steve Angeli and Kenny Minchie there with him. And then just having a boys' day. Yeah, that's right. Hanging out. They brought him out on the floor to do uh, like one of those, like, you know, timeout games or whatever. Oh, it was like there was a word scramble kind of thing. And he actually solved it right away. What are you trying to say about Sam Hartman? You didn't trust in his intellectual? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. (laughs) I think it it was uh, fear of missing out was was what the scramble was. Um, FOMO. I thought we would hear right now, and like Marcus Freeman said at the beginning of the week, that he would that, that he already knows who those guys are, and he was going to let them make their announcements over the course of this week. And I would think that, like, if it's a done deal and they all know, what are you waiting for? Just make your announcement. Like Maris Leofow so far is the only one to make the announcement, and there are a lot more. So – I would have thought that we would have known by now. Maybe they're going to do finals like, preparing for the end of the semester. Well, yeah, because because uh, getting on Instagram or Twitter is going to get in the way of studying. You know, putting putting together your your little statement and then put you know sending it out on social media. Maybe they're going to do the classic five o'clock Friday news dump. You know, I don't I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's what they're shooting for. Do it at the end of the week and. Hope that it gets buried over the weekend, kind of deal. I don't I know. take. I think we're too saturated with bulls. If all the with the transfer portal and guys going out to the NFL, who wants to play bowl games anymore? They're not. They're not as fun or as meaningful as they used to be. 
and I'm kind of sad about it. I wish uh, I wish that the bowl games, I wish you couldn't you couldn't sit out or I mean I get it sitting out for the NFL, but I wish the transfer portal um, for selfish reasons wouldn't open up until after the last bowl game of the season. I know that's not the reality of it, but I don't know. I just feel like the bowl games have um, taken a step down in terms of meaning and just overall quality. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The regular season is over, but that doesn't mean shopping for tickets has come to an end. Notre Dame still has a big bowl game coming up. It's also holiday season, which means plenty of amazing concerts and shows, and you'll need tickets, especially if you're a last-minute shopper like me. And if you are in need of tickets, game time is the place to go. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The GameTime guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the GameTime app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. That's GameTime.co. Jeff wants to know our thoughts on making these bowl practices an open competition for starting at quarterback between Angeli and Minchie instead of just starting Angeli since he was the backup. Need to see more of Minchie. This is obviously assuming that, that there will be no Sam Hartman for the bowl game. Jess, I'll let you take this one first. If if we if I'm we still go, if we go on the idea that there's no Sam Hartman. Okay. Um if we're so first of all So you I still think, think Hartman is playing. Is that what you just said? He's got nothing to lose. The man is a gamer. He loves football. I think he wants to go out on the right note. I don't think there's any his draft stock can't go up. It can't go down. The only thing that Sam Hartman could be worried about is potential injury with the um 
the lack thereof experience on the starting offensive line for the bowl game. If Sam Hartman does decide to opt out, I think that you do open it up as a competition during practice, but I would say uh, it's a competition, but in jelly, it's in jelly spot to lose. I don't think it should be a straight up, you know, each guy has, I mean, yeah, each guy has equal opportunity, but I think it's something that needs to be taken from Steve and jelly. I think Minchie would have to show above and beyond that he's better than in jelly. Um, and ultimately I'm all for the guy who is going to win you the game because at the end of the day, this isn't an experiment. This isn't science class. This is a 10, 10th win in the season. It's winning the bowl game, and it's starting off next season right um, in terms of Marcus Freeman's head coaching, uh, you know, hierarchy. Or you know, that's what, exactly you, it. That's it. I, I understand the people who are saying, well, if Hartman's not playing, then you got to play Minchie because if they're bringing in a transfer portal quarterback, you're saying that Angeli is not the quarterback of the future, especially if it's a guy like Riley Leonard. And I get that rationale. But the problem with all that is the next game after December 29th is at the beginning of next September. <coughs> so you have eight months in between game 13 this season and game one next season. And so all that is to, you know, to begin to figure out in the spring. The only thing that is most important for a game that is 22 days away right now is who gives you the best chance to win. It's, it's, it's not all about develop. I mean, and that's even with, you know, if there are these other opt-outs, which again, we expect that there are going to be potentially some more opt-outs, every decision that they make, even though you're going to be putting some young guys into some situations that maybe they're not completely ready for, but the, the decision about who goes on the field and who doesn't on the field doesn't go on the field is still, first and foremost, who gives you the best chance to win. So that if it's Steve Angeli, it's Steve Angeli. But, you know, to, to the question, do you make these practices an open competition? Why not? Yeah. You, you might as well. You know, again, this is assuming that there's no Hartman. Yeah, make it a complete competition. And if at the end of that competition – they determine that Kenny Minchie gives them the best chance to win. You go with Kenny Minchie. If if they determine that it's Steve Angeli, you go with Steve Angeli. I've got no problem with that. But I just don't think you play Steve An or you play Kenny Minchie for the because for the of activity. what could happen next year. That's still only one game. You know, he's going to have a full spring to get plenty of reps. He's going to have a full training camp. He's going to have summer to work out with receivers and all that stuff, just like all the other quarterbacks next year. That stuff will all take care of itself in time. But the, the 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 fire closest to the butt, as one of my good friends likes to say, is the Sun Bowl. And it's whatever gives you the best chance to win the Sun Bowl. That's the first priority. Yep. All right. Glad we got that taken care of. Brent, what is the status of Dion Colsey? If he's healthy next year, he has the potential to be a very good wide receiver. Any thoughts? I completely agree with that. As Jesse goes into blackout mode at the other end. Uh, the status of Dion Colsey right now, as we have been told, is he is healthy and he is going to be available. Now, we don't have a depth chart yet. They've only practiced coming into this week. It was only like a couple of times that they have practiced after finals. They're going to get at it a little bit more in the, uh, you know, in the lead up to the bowl game. So I think Deion Colsey is going to have a chance to kind of get his legs back under him. And because of 
where the wide receiver room is. I think he's going to have a chance to potentially make an impression both during this uh, bull prep practice and during the bowl game itself. I mean, they need a big physical outside wide receiver, and he gives them the chance to do that. So, you know, kind of like Jaden Greathouse, at least for the bowl game, I think Deion Colsey has a really great opportunity with a new set of eyes as well because his old position coach is gone. He's, you know, the, he there's there's no chance he's stucky anymore. So he's got a chance to make more immediate impressions on some new sets of eyes. And I think that he's potentially got a chance to do some good things next year. But again, like even though Chris Mitchell is not as big, doesn't have the physical stature of Deion Colsey, this is an outside receiver, you know, and I think that they're, you know, they're, they're, they're looking more at guys on the outside because that is a need that they need to fill. But Deion Colsey, I do think, can be a part of that, both for the short term, for the bowl game, and the long term next year. Yeah, I don't have much more to add to that. I think that Notre Dame has shown that they can produce in the slot. Um, I think that their issue lies on who's going to be that productive wide receiver on the outside, and it would be great if someone like Deion Colsey could step into that role. And I, I've said it many times, and I'm, I'm quite honestly sad about it. I just wish Notre Dame had – a Michael Floyd, you know, just just a big, strong wide receiver who can stretch the field and also go up and make big time plays. It felt like every time the ball was thrown in Michael Floyd's direction, even if it didn't see like it just felt like it was always going to be caught. You know, it just he always gave you that opportunity to find a way to go up and get the ball. And I really miss that. And so I hope that someone can. Uh, it, you know, maybe it's Dion Colsey, maybe it's, you know, someone else, but I just want someone to, to fill that role. I concur with that for sure. Joe wants to know official announcement for the new wide receiver coach. And of course, Mike Brown being the guy that, you know, they have shortened this process where they have, you know, it used to take, it seemed like a month from the time the report started coming out to the time that they actually announced guys as being, you know, on the staff, it, it, it seemed like it took forever. I would expect it. I, I definitely expect it before the bowl game, you know, how much, you know, he's, he's a part of any of that, that will kind of be up to, you know, I think Jared <coughs> Parker and Marcus Freeman and what they decide is necessary because Parker is coaching the wide receivers right now. Uh, you know, since the dismissal dismissal of Chancey Stuckey and kind of a follow-up, to that, Michael says, since Coach Brown can't contact wide receivers, does he have any input on the wide receiver room as far as the TP? I'm not sure what TP is. Do you know what TP is? Mm, Michael, yeah. let us know what the TP is. Total players? like um, Total production? With him being the guy, I'm sure that he has input on – who they're looking oh, transfer at. portal. Oh, transfer portal. Okay. Good call. Good call. Yeah. I mean, it makes perfect sense that you're going to be consulting him, but yeah, he obviously can't actually have official contact with them until he is hired, but it makes perfect sense. You know, you plan on hiring this guy. You're in the process of hiring this guy that you're going to have input from this guy on guys that you're looking at. Do you have yeah. anything to add? Not a whole bunch. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers, Beezer says. <laughs> 
Jeff says he thought Hartman already opted out. Was that fake news? It is fake news as of now because there has been no announcement. Because Only the, Maris. You know, the uh, yeah, Maris Leofeld so far is the only player to opt out of the bowl game. And, you know, there have been a lot of swirling reports that have been out there on social media that have said one thing or the other. Sometimes they come true. Sometimes they don't. But the initial thing that Sam Hartman and Marcus Freeman said is that Hartman was going to play in the bowl. We asked Marcus Freeman about that earlier this week in the, the Sun Bowl press conference. And his only response is he knows who the players are who are going to opt out. They are practicing, you know, with the guys that they know that they are going to have, but he is going to let any players who are going to opt out, make those decisions on their own. And as we talked about earlier, I thought more of those announcements would have been made by now, but the way Marcus Freeman said, he said he was going to let them make those announcements this week. This week's almost over. There's still a few days left in the week. Yeah. So I think that we'll find out at some point. Again, I thought we would have known more by now, but it is fake news as of right now in terms of what has um, out. There's been nothing. He has not made any announcement. What has more anticipation? Notre Dame players announcing their opt-outs or Shohei Otani holding up the winter (laughs) meetings because he can't freaking decide where he's going to go. And he's not communicating with everyone. And so we're all just sitting here waiting for the, the dominoes to fall, right? Like once Shohei decides, the rest of the free agency is just going to fall like dominoes. It's going to be an avalanche. And so I'm, I'm quite honestly yeah. getting real pissed off because, you know, how much how much time do you need in the light, dude? Everyone wants you. It's, <laughs> just make a decision. Yeah. Um, to answer your question, since you posed it the way you did, which is more anticipated, the opt-outs or Shohei Otani, I would have to say the opt-out <laughs> announcements, <laughs> at least on this board, because, I mean, you know, let's be honest, like, I'm surprised that Juan Soto led some of the stuff on ESPN over the course of the last 24 hours. It's, it's, you know, but it's, it's out there because the winter baseball, you know, the baseball winter meetings are going on. Hold my shillelagh. How about Juan Soto? DK Um, says, simmer down, Jesse, it's baseball. (laughs) (laughs) The Yankees just buy guys and they consistently can't do anything. So good luck. So a couple, Michael, if they decided what are they waiting for on uh, on the question of the opt-outs, I don't know. That's what I don't get. Like, if they've already made their decision, you know, unless they're on the fence and maybe, you know, like the, the, the coaching staff might be trying to talk them into, you know, playing or like, or staying, maybe, maybe there are guys who haven't completely made up their minds that they're going to leave. But I can tell you this, there's, there's like, a good handful and a half that I thought that we probably would have heard from by now, but we haven't just based on, you know, some things that, that we have heard, but it hasn't happened. And I don't get it either. Like if you've actually made up your mind, then why haven't they announced? I don't get it either. Do you? No. And I don't know if they're just waiting to get back. Um, more evaluation of, you know, next, like the NFL stuff. I don't know if that's what's holding some guys back. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, I honestly just don't know. Um, 
because it seems pretty clear to me that if you know how you're going to be graded at the next level, um, that's ultimately what all these guys are waiting for. You know, is there enough potential that they would get drafted? Um, so, yeah, I I couldn't tell you what's what the holdup is. Father David says maybe they just got annoyed that Jabroni's on Twitter tried to report it before they announce, and they're you know yeah maybe Notre Dame's proving a point like hey we'll announce it when we announce it right I mean there was the you know the one guy on Twitter you know who's trying to get the jump on everybody the total wannabe you know who's out there you know reporting this is going to happen and this is going to happen and maybe the you know maybe at the very least whether or not they reconsider or not maybe at the very least. It just ticked them off that they're getting the jump on them, so now they're pushing it back and and sitting on it for a little bit. I don't know, <laughs> or maybe they maybe they did reconsider. It's like I'll show you, I'm gonna play because you're saying I'm not gonna play. I mean, that would be actually pretty cool in some of these cases. Um, I just saw a couple others. A good one from Bryce. Our transfer, our transfers, opt outs automatically that's a little bit uh, automatically is the key word here because technically you could enter the transfer portal and if your team wanted you to stick around for a bowl game you could still you know play with your team through the bowl game like like last year Hartman hadn't technically I don't think entered the transfer portal yet at Wake Forest but I'm pretty sure that they knew he was going to transfer after the bowl game and he obviously still played in the bowl game so automatically is kind of the key word there it doesn't automatically make you an opt-out but for the most part you know once guys enter the transfer portal the team that that they were with says all right move on move along nothing to see here we're done here you know that kind of thing yeah honestly i didn't i didn't think of it like that before i I didn't realize that because technically you're you're kind of saying that you're gonna you know into the portal and that's it and so I don't one I don't know if the team would want them to play because it's like you're just not gonna be here next year so you know you're really only contributing one game but I guess te- like if you think about the technicalities of it those guys could still play. Sloppy Joe says we need to bring back the word jabroni and I you know I I I, I was using it I, I think it was after the Iron Sheik died. <laughs> I was I was throwing out some jabroni tributes to the Iron Sheik, and I feel like I feel like I haven't used jabroni enough since then. So I think you're right. That maybe that's my New Year's resolution: try to work jabroni into the show a little <laughs> bit more often. Like when I when, when we fire off on the on the Twitter guys, you know, like who who know everything. Maybe maybe jabroni just needs to be it from now on. Uh, hold my shillelagh. We'll be getting to the uh, the Hard Knocks Notre Dame thing coming up here in rapid fire in a little bit. Jeff James. Good question from Jeff James. Your percent chance of Leonard committing, your feeling on his abilities in Notre Dame system, oh. as mentioned under Parker. I'm going to go 95% chance of committing. I'll let you give your opinion <laughs> on... His abilities in the system, you know, we've both, I know Brent is here and, you know, like um, neither one of us, I think we're, you know, as sold on Riley Leonard, especially early in the season as some other people. So what do you think about Riley Leonard and his skill set coming here to Notre Dame? 
I think there's about a 90% chance that he commits. So I'll get that one. You're um, saying 90? Okay, I'm yeah. saying 95. I'll get that one over with. Okay. Um, his feelings of, or his feelings, my feelings on his abilities as a in the Notre Dame system or Jared Parker's system, you know, quite honestly, I don't know because I saw Jared Parker's offense run this year. And again, based off of what we were talking about a little bit, you know, at the beginning of the show, it's going to be a new looking offense. And so I don't know what that version of Jared Parker's offense looks like. Is there going to be some similarities? Are there going to be some things carried over? Yeah, more, more than likely, but we don't know, you know, a true RPO offense under Jared Parker um, I would have to say that you would see more quarterback run, obviously designed runs. Um, I think you would see a lot of, you know, shorter, the whole, the whole point of the RPO is you want to uh, put that outside linebacker in a bind, right? He, he either needs to commit one way or the other. And that's the whole point of the RPO. There's technically should be a right option, um, on every play. And so I, the thing I fear about the most in this kind of offense is the downfield ball, the explosive play rate, or are we just looking to get three, four five yards consistently every play? And, but I would say the number one thing that I would be looking for in an RPO offense is, and especially with Notre Dame's running back depth is you have to do more two back looks with an RPO look, because I think you can really utilize two backs out of the backfield um, and Riley Leonard as well, because you basically have three threats to run the ball at any given point. And so I think that has to be incorporated into this offense, because just like I said, there's just so much talent in the running back room and so much dynamic ability, like Jordan Love should be back there um, at all times. Jadarian Price should get his looks back there. Um, and how, you know, these different packages look depending on who's, you know, in the uh, um, on the field. And it's like a lot of you, you would hope that if, if they're going to do RPO stuff, you'd hope you'd see a lot of motion out of phase on um, and using his ability. So, again, it's there's to me, there's a lot more question marks than answers because Sam Hartman ultimately ran a completely different offense. And that's what we're going to see next year. That's what we don't know. Like if this is truly what Jared Parker wants to do then the offense is going to look completely different than what we saw this year and so that you know that will change things but like riley leonard it like he's got a a nice completion percentage but at the same time he doesn't necessarily you know like you don't see him making a lot of you know throwing a lot of 50 50 balls and you know doing those kind of things it just looks a lot different with riley leonard and when the play breaks down what does he do he tucks it and runs, you know, and uh, I've heard people say, well, you know, like comparing that to Ian Book, you know, that particular thing is similar to Ian Book. He and Ian Book's skill sets are, are different. About a week, I think it was last week in The Athletic, they had some quotes from some different personnel people about Riley Leonard. And here's here's a couple of them. Quote, we didn't love his film, one Pac-12 recruiting coordinator said. He's Impressive looking, but I don't think he can really operate your offense. You see too many WTF throws, what the bleep throws. You can't really win like that, end quote. Another one said, quote, he's a really good athlete playing behind a terrible O-line. Now, obviously, that should change. This is from a Big Ten, um, a guy scouting 
the Big Ten. His accuracy was a little erratic. He's a good competitor, but just an average passer. And quite honestly, Jess, those are the kind of things that you know we were saying about him yeah. earlier I in the fear, year. Right? I fear what his passing looks like once the play breaks down or the first read isn't there, or maybe the second read isn't there. When Riley Leonard actually has to use his mind to dissect defenses – and, and this is, up. A, that's where it gets a little a little uh, scary for me because what that turns into is Jared Parker is just going to have to scheme him every week. Because here's here's another thing, another uh, quote from an NFL personnel guy. I'd rate his mechanics ability to go through his progressions and accuracy about a six. He does short, six out of ten. He does short arm some throws and misses, but I think he makes good decisions <laughs> most of the time. Throws the go ball really well, not as comfortable throwing the post route, but layers the ball pretty naturally. He does a good job avoiding sacks, has a good internal clock speed and quickness to outrun linebackers. And I mean, the, the, the progressions thing I think is the biggest thing, you know, that we talked about the progressions and the accuracy and those kind of things are things that we've talked about. I would him. say the bonus though, is once a play breaks down, Riley Leonard gives you an opportunity to make something out of nothing. Yeah, but I mean, go back and watch the Clemson game from the start of the year, and there was there was a lot of that. Fear with any type of these mobile quarterbacks or guys who are always extending plays, the amount of hits that rack up. He's got to know sometimes when it's time just to step out of bounds, when it's time to slide. He doesn't need to take unnecessary hits, and then Notre Dame be on you know its backup quarterback again, like it was two years ago. Right. Robert, are guys coming out of the transfer portal held to the same academic standards as the freshmen? Well, it's different because the kind of transfers that Notre Dame is going to get, one, they're predominantly going after grad transfer type guys slash guys who already have degrees. So it's completely different because freshmen – coming in, obviously have to take all the prereq classes and all that stuff. Why it's been one of the reasons it's been so hard over the years to get undergrad transfers to Notre Dame is because once they get into that second and third year and they are still degree seeking, the academics at the school that they're at just don't match up very well at Notre Dame. And that's why Notre Dame has gone the grad transfer route so much. And, you know, like even a guy like Riley Leonard, now there's a better match there because one he's been at duke so you're talking about another really good academic institution two he's a senior so there's a pretty good chance that if he doesn't have his degree he's really close to getting it just like um i'm drawing a blank on his name the guy from uh, northwestern the safety a couple of years ago he didn't quite have his degree from northwestern but because he was at northwestern the academics lined up really well Oh, and he I thought was you were able talking to about Skronik. I can't remember the DB's name. Yeah, guy that played safety. Um, there's a good question. I wish I had star ability. Go up uh, like four or five chats, and the one from Andre, um, I think, is a really nice question. What side of the line of scrimmage are you most concerned about? His is offensive line. Now, are we talking about short term or long term, Andre? Are we talking about for the bowl game? Are we talking about? I think he's talking about next, next season. Thank you, Michael. Brandon Joseph. Brandon Joseph. And Michael and Michael said Brandon Joseph. 
On point. Um, if we're talking, and I'm again, I'm going to take this as next season. I am really concerned about the offensive line because of lack of experience. Um, and my guy is no longer here. I don't know why he's slipping my mind because it's he's one of the best offensive line coaches, Harry Heaston. Harry Heaston is no longer here. And so Notre Dame is still technically, in my opinion, on their Harry Heaston leftovers in terms of, you know, all these offensive linemen had some Harry Heaston guidance and, you know, tutoring and, and coaching and everything. And he's predominantly a guy who recruited a lot of these guys too. And so I'm really worried about the offensive line for that reason, because we're going to start to see the start of a new regime in terms of who these starters are going to be and who these guys are that are, and who they're being recruited by defensively, as long as Al Golden is there, I, I don't think a lot of things can go all that wrong. And I think in terms of defensive line specifically, I think it's easier to go into the portal and grab someone off, um, you know, get a DN to come in, get a, you know, a defensive tackle to come in. I think it's a lot easier to rotate guys in and out through the portal on the defensive line than it is the offensive line. So I am, I am more so concerned about the offensive line. I agree just because there were still some problems this year. And you're talking about two guys who are going to get drafted and a center who had a lot of experience and there were still issues. It was a good line, but it was not a great offensive line, even for the talent, like the production, I don't think matched the talent that they nope. had on that line. And now with so much Especially turnover, Blake Fisher, what the heck, man? Yeah. And, and the fact that you're potentially going to be, you know, replacing him on one side, Joe Walt on the other. Uh, I think that, you know, there are a lot of questions and there's a really good chance that they bring a good deal of this year's defensive line back next year. And they've got a lot of young talent coming in behind it. And look, Look at how Al Washington was criticized and critiqued a year ago for how things went on that defensive line. Javante John Baptiste came in, and that guy did not have that guy did not have much production at Ohio State. But look at what he turned into this year. He turned into a heck of a defensive end this year. Is what he turned into. So, you know, I I I believe that they're. like they're looking for another defensive end to come in via the transfer portal. I mean, JJB, Javante John Baptiste, had five sacks this year. Or no, he had, he had eight career sacks at Ohio State. He had five this year, 14. No, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong stat line here. But in any case, his his production greatly improved this year coming over to Notre Dame from Ohio State. So my point there is that I think Al Washington, you know, is 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 going to be able to do he's doing a heck of a job already. Joe Rudolph still has to kind of prove himself, I think that he can get that development back up to the uh to the level I'm that also, we're expecting. I'm also a little biased because I have a good friend that's a lifelong Wisconsin guy. Um, and that's where Joe Rudolph came from, and he did not have very nice things to say about Joe Rudolph and his impact on the offensive line and the rest of the coaching staff, and he went even further to say that he believes that Joe Rudolph was the reason that uh, their coach ultimately got fired at the end of the day, and so, again, that's coming from, you know, and this guy is pretty dramatic, and so, you know, you take that with a grain of salt, but you also respect – 
he's a guy that watches a lot of football, you know, and he, he is there were very, a lot of Wisconsin people who held that belief. Yeah. You know? so, so I don't know about that, considering Joe Rudolph was at Virginia Tech for a year, you know, right. before. And that's the, that was <laughs> the, so that it's happened. Like, <laughs> that was the interesting part to me as well. So it's like, yes. was he the scapegoat? And, and then it still. Thank was... you, Michael. Disgruntled fans, go go figure. Disgruntled fans, you never. <laughs> Someone's see that. always got to have a scapegoat. Yep, that's right. Michael had a couple others on the follow up to the quarterback stuff. You know, when we were talking about Riley Leonard, he says, "Isn't yeah. this why we hired Coach Gino Gadulli? Riley Leonard isn't a pro." Uh, where there's pressure on, where's the pressure on coaching development? He has the tools to be a first round NFL pick, but our offense has to change. And he says, Gino got Desmond Ritter drafted and starting in the NFL. What do you think about that, Jess? Yeah, I, I do think that at, at some point we need to see that quarterback development. And if Notre Dame has a guy that they want and everyone's on board with that guy, you would like to see. You know, they should get better coming to Notre Dame, essentially. Your your performance shouldn't get worse. And I think there are bigger and more serious issues um, if, if Riley Leonard comes here and it's he's not, you know, essentially playing to the role that he's supposed to be playing. I think that's an indictment on the coaching staff for one, thinking that he was the guy, and two, for thinking that he's the guy and not develop, developing him uh, into, you know, what they need in order to produce wins. Josh wants to know if we anticipate more coaching turnover coaches leaving after the bowl game, if offered better opportunities. I mean, you know, the NFL season is still going on right now. That's really and, when it gets crazy. Yeah. Be, you know, cause like the, the college stuff will be dying down, but it's, you know, like did any of us anticipate Brian Mason going to the Indianapolis Colts after one year here and, you know, and like some other guys, you know, they made a run at. And so that's, 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 I think, especially like when you look at a guy like Al Golden with his experience and everyone, you know, like he is, he has shown that he can put together a high caliber defense now. So like I would the say question that, for Al Golden, does he want to, does he want to stay in college and maybe become a college head coach or does he want to go back to the NFL and be a defensive coordinator? I think in terms of, you know, I'm going to answer that last comment you made. I think if you wanted to be a, a, a college coach, that would have been kind of done and over with at this point. I think we would have heard more rumblings and rumors about interest in general, because as soon as the regular season ends, that's when, you know, college coaching um, starts to go. And so, again, I think college coaches and college players, as soon as that regular season ends, that's when you get interest from other teams or the portal. Um, and then in terms of, you know, potential guys leaving for the NFL, that's at the end of the NFL season. And so I think that window is kind of almost closed on Al Golden potentially leaving to become another college coach of any sort. It's just a matter, can he pass through that second window of the NFL? Yeah. All good points. Irish Steel 63 says the young guys back to the offensive <laughs> Again, line. This is just what I heard. I don't I don't necessarily believe no, it. But I, I think I'm, there's still a lot to prove though. That, that for I'm Rudolph. just I'm addressing his point, not what you said. Uh, you don't have to defend yourself again. Well, I, I, I was kind of I'm just, just I mean, he makes a good point because when the young when those young guys, Ashton Craig and Billy Shrouth, got their opportunities at the end, and even you know, like Coogan played solid most of the year, they did look good on the interior, and these were the younger, less veteran guys. So 
I don't know. I, I think we can make a little bit better judgment when we see what they roll out there in the Sun Bowl. You know, I, I'm not going to make any snap conclusions if they have to put a couple inexperienced tackles out there. But, I, you know, I said before, like, I, I, I do think Zeke Carell played well. I do think that there were some areas where Zeke Carell could have improved. And I like the physicality that Ashton Craig gave him at center when he had his opportunities the last couple of games when he was in there. You, that, that made a difference in terms of, you know, how they blocked up the middle with Ashton Craig, with just a bigger, more physical guy in there. So I agree with that aspect of it. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Interesting one from Brent. And I'm going to let you go with this one first. I'm going to let you just fire away unless you want me to. Do you want me to go with this one first? Yeah, you go ahead and take this one. Okay, go ahead and read it then. <laughs> Mailback. What are your thoughts regarding Marcus Freeman's unwavering confidence in Jared Parker? As I said earlier this week, when we were talking about some of these, you know, the Marcus Freeman fired Chancey Stuckey. A lot of people consider him a scapegoat and they think that Parker is the real issue. We're not in those rooms. We don't know exactly what that looked like, exactly who was to blame for what. We also don't know to what extent Marcus Freeman has, you know, provided his own input on what he wants game plans to look like, you know, what what he wants the offense to look like. We do know that in the bigger games, their game plans were much more conservative against the better teams than they were against the worst teams on the schedule. I tend to think that that points more to the head coach than the offensive coordinator. I'm not saying that Jared Parker doesn't have some things to work out, but at the end of the day, it all comes down to this for me. Marcus Freeman is making this decision going into year three with a new athletic director 
coming yeah. in, an athletic director who has walked the halls, been around, you know, been a part of things as a quote unquote observer for what about the last what six months or so right now and he'll have been around for a full year by the time marcus freeman rolls into year three next year so to me this all falls on marcus freeman and so if he has confidence ding, 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 that ding, ding, jared ding, parker ding. is the guy then he's got to roll with him he obviously trusts jared parker but it all falls on marcus freeman and so if he wants to have confidence in jared parker that's fine but ultimately, if it doesn't work out, it could end up costing Marcus Freeman, you know, in the long run. So I think that that's how you've got to look at it. Like it all falls on Marcus Freeman, ultimately. So I like I'm going to double down on the biggest point that you made. Marcus Freeman is putting his neck out there. For Jared Parker, if Jared Parker goes down, Marcus Freeman likely goes down. I think another good point that was made, Mr. Michael Hahn, thank you. Always appreciate you. Who wants to put a third offensive coordinator out there in three years? I think that also um, deserves you know, some consideration. I know last year I wasn't one of these people. A lot of people were all on Al Golden. Look at what Al Golden did this year. I don't think Jared Parker is at that same level as Al Golden. I don't think he's going to show – or not show, I don't think he's going to be as effective as what Al Golden's defense was this year as well. But I think the main point of this situation is Jared Parker, and this is what made the season frustrating. Jared Parker was ultimately dealt a hand that he's not comfortable playing with and probably not his preference of hand in terms of Sam Hartman and what that means for the type of offense that Jared Parker was forced to play I don't think that's an excuse though to cover the whole season because I can come up and scheme some plays that I think would have been that would have utilized more of Notre Dame's talent positions aka Chris Tyree to running back sets etc so I think it was kind of lazy for Jared Parker to fall back on the lack of creativity and just being you know playing with what was dealt essentially I didn't feel like Jared Parker did enough to try to be creative or fix the situation, but I'm willing to give him a pass of it's likely not the quarterback that he would pick if he was starting from scratch. And so now that they're bringing in someone like Riley Leonard, my expectations are up and that window for air is much smaller. The margin of air is much smaller. So I think Marcus Freeman and Jared Parker together have a lot to prove in terms of offensive production next season. Domer. I mean, c- come on. You, you know, I mean, he's exactly right. He doesn't even spell his first name correctly. I mean, how can you trust a guy like that? <laughs> of course, we're joking, but you know, it took, I think it took everyone forever. Is it Gerard? Is it G- what exactly? How do you say that name? No, but I, when you go back and think of the fact that he was, he, you know, he took over be, between the, between Tommy Reese leaving and then the fiasco that was the attempt to hire other offensive coordinators, and then Jared Parker ends up being the guy. He didn't have time, you know, it's like right before spring, and he didn't have time to, you know, to really do anything of his own. It's not like, you know, because they they kept a lot of the principles the same. They kept, you know, most of the terminology the same and all that stuff. So they weren't just changing everything. 
And the fact that, you know, as you said, Tommy Reese is the guy who played a part in, you know, getting Sam Hartman here. And so now a year later, the fact that Jared Parker does want a guy like Riley Leonard, it is a sign that he wants this offense. He wants his offense to look a lot different than what we saw this year. So good or bad, that apparently is is what they're going to ride with. And, you know, again, it's all going to fall back on the big guy when it's all said and done. So remind me to come back to this in rapid fire. I have the perfect connection. Is this in another question that we're going to be talking about? Yes. Or... Domer wants to know if we expect Riley Leonard to announce tonight, because if not, he's going to bed. Domer, he's going to announce right at the end of the show. So hang tight until the end of this show. He's actually coming on this show. to make And then you can go to bed. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Michael wants to know who is the best transfer player this year. I'm going to go with JJB. I'm going to say Javante Jean-Baptiste, especially from the standpoint that he completely, like, I thought that they were going to get a solid defensive end, even during training camp and going back to spring when he was here last year. He looked solid. You know, he kind of looked like, you know, set the edge, you know, do some of those kind of stuff, you know, just be physical on the outside. But he ended up being their fourth leading, third or fourth leading tackler this year and just completely outproduced anything that he had done in his time at Ohio State. So I'm going with him. I go with him. I, I think Sam Hartman had a nice year, but I, 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 I would go with him over Sam Hartman for the overall production that he uh, helped that defense accomplish, especially when you look at how highly rated that defense ended up being this year. Um, yeah, on offense, I think it's just Sam Hartman. Uh, the rest were, you know, some the young guys that weren't transfers, freshmen. Um, defensively, I think you, when you start looking at guys who came in the portal, I think you got to think of Thomas Harper and yep. JBB. Um, Completely I thought, fair, as people have pointed out, Harper. He was good, but I think John Baptiste was better. No, and, and and JBB was better because his his stock and his just over, overall game – got better. His the criticism of JVB was that he was only a pass rusher on, you know, X downs at Ohio State. That guy's a true defensive end now. He can play the run, he can pass rush, he can do it all. I, I guess the way I evaluate this is I saw JBB's game get better. I don't I can't say the same about Sam Hartman. I don't think Sam Hartman's game yeah. elevated in any way. I think that's completely fair. Like Sam Hartman if anything took steps back this you know as the season went on as opposed to I mean we were talking about this guy as a Heisman trophy candidate after four games and look where it ended up like that was even even if he had had an off game against Ohio State but brought things back up afterwards Clemson he, he might have found himself in that conversation still but look at all the interceptions down the stretch of the second half of the season it's just that's where the bulk of the interceptions came was was the second half of the season. So, unfortunately, he did not get better as the season went on, but I, I do think that John Baptiste did. And I think Thomas Harper played really well as well. Like, Harper was not someone, you know, who people were complaining about all season long. And when that tends to happen, or when that happens, that tends to mean that he's playing pretty well. You know, like he didn't necessarily make a bunch of highlight plays, but he was just really good and was not an issue all season long. 
I like it when I leave you speechless. Iris Steele, 63, any info on the new strength coach? Marcus no. Freeman addressed it this week. Basically, no. They're going to hire someone, but we have no real timeline. They're going to hire someone. They want to hire someone. I think we've talked before. I would, I would think that by around the first of the year, they'll have somebody. Like th- there's like so many things that they are in, you know, between going around the country with recruiting visits, hosting these transfer guys. You've got a signing day coming up in 13 days here. Like there's so much going on right now well, that like I, this is this is still a priority, but it is not priority number one right now. It is not the fire closest to the butt. I hope Vince is li- listening because he made a really good point. The other day on the show, really, this isn't this isn't uh, a rushed hire. This is something that, I, in terms of strength and conditioning, you know, that's that's fifty percent of the season, right? Like you're not playing games the entire season. Fifty percent of the season, and even in season, is spent on strength, conditioning, and recovery. And I think that this is a hire you can't rush, just because there's always new cutting edge ways of building muscle, recovery, strength, explosiveness. And so I think that Marcus Freeman really wants to take his time and make sure that this that whoever this is is on the, you know, is on the edge or the right side of this, you know, however whatever the new school philosophy of thinking of ways is and he's also aligns with what Marcus Freeman personally believes um in terms of how he wants these guys to be, you know, recovering, training, etc. So <clears throat> I just think it's not as cut and dry as most people think. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. WJS, Devin Ford out of eligibility. Who's going to be that back that goes in on goal line as the lead blocker? Unpopular opinion. Will miss Ford more than estimate because of everything else he did. That might be a little bit of a stretch. But I would say of the candidates right now that Jabron Payne maybe kind of grows into that role next year. What do you think, Jess? Yeah, and I think that that was a guy that they used a good amount in the goal line as well um, this season. And so I do think that he will step into that kind of, you know, what I would call the the jackknife running back, that guy Mm -hmm. who isn't necessarily great at one thing, but he's pretty good to solid at a lot of things. Um, And I think that's the perfect role for Chibante. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.